Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome, welcome. My name is David, one of the pastors here, and we're going to continue to worship the Lord by taking an offering right now. You know, I don't know about you, but during this season, sometimes things have to be taken away in order for you to understand how much you actually have. And during this season where we've been working from home and, and, and life has changed, I've come to realize that there's so much that I was taking for granted that I didn't even see. You know, it's a beautiful gift when God shows you how much He gives to you. And I don't even understand fully how much He's given to me, but I know that He's done something beyond what I can even understand today. So I want to encourage you today. Uh, you can give today by, by texting the number on the screen there. And I want to encourage you, from your home, worship the Lord in this way. Give to the Lord. This is a sacrifice and an offering just like we would bring a song, just like we would work for Him at our job. And so I want to encourage you, give with all your heart today. Give with a joyful heart. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for all you give to us. We thank you for the blessings that you provide for us. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for you. You're close to us. Lord, we don't have to doubt if you, if you left us or if, if we're going to have enough food for tomorrow. God, you provide every single thing that's needed. Lord, you take care of your children and you have blessed us beyond what we could ever imagine. So God, we love you, we worship you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give today. And I'm excited to bring the word to you today. I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles, whether you're in your, your living room or your bedroom, or maybe you're listening to this while you're on a, on a run, whatever it might be. I believe that the, word, the Lord has a word for us today, and I hope that it encourages you. You know, for me, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if you're not from Chicago, Chicago can be really rough for like nine months out of the year. It's pretty much like a frozen tundra, and um, you feel like maybe you're in, you know, uh, Antarctica at some point. But during the summertime, Chicago's the best city in the world. I'm convinced of it. I love Chicago during the summertime. It's so beautiful. There's so many things, uh, so many parks and trails, and you got the lakefront. It's just amazing. So for me, I was really excited this year uh, when the sun started to come out when summers, when the, the temperatures started to heat up, because I like to ride bike. And so, as you guys know, this year has been abnormal in a lot of ways, uh, but I was excited. I'm like, man, I'm going to get out there on my bike. And so, it got warm. I, I grabbed my jersey. I put my jersey on. And um, the way that they make these jerseys are, they're, they're very aerodynamic. The challenge is, is that during the COVID season, because I was working close to the kitchen, I was not as aerodynamic as I used to be. I had gained a little bit of weight. You might look at me, you might say, yeah, right, you didn't gain any weight. And I don't gain a lot of weight in a lot of places, but my, 
my, my, my gut region tends to gain a little extra. And so when I put the jersey on, I was a little embarrassed. Let's just put it that way. I went downstairs with my bike. My wife looked at me, immediately noticed what I had already noticed. And I looked at her and I said, don't worry. I'm not coming back until this is gone. And so, you know, sometimes the warm weather, the sun... When it's out, it can expose a lot of things that were hidden before. Some of us might never work out unless the sun comes out. You know, because we could wear a sweatshirt and cover everything up. But, but this jersey was really telling. And when I went outside, when the sun was shining on me, the light exposes things. You know, today I want to talk about what it looks like for light to expose our life. What it looks like for the light of Jesus to fill our life, and to fill our hearts. You know, the enemy has been after me. I know he's been after you because that's what the Bible says. He's always going to do that. Praise God, we don't have to be afraid of that. But the enemy is after us. And here's how the enemy works. He wants to tempt you. He wants to lure you into sin. And then if he succeeds in that, what he wants to do is he wants you to then hide it. Because he says, hey, if you expose this, then you're going to, you're going to, people are going to judge you. They're going to think less of you. And he tells you all sorts of different lies. But I I just want to tell you today, you know, I I wish, I wish I could look every single one of you in the face today. But I want to tell you that God is not here to judge you when you expose yourself. God's purpose and plan is to give you grace. That's what he wants to do. So I want to change our perspective. Sometimes we have a perspective that light, actually, it can bring shame. And that's what the world tells us. That's what the lies of the enemy tell us, is that light brings shame into our life. But I want to tell you something today. Light brings healing. That's what the Bible says. Light brings healing. And so I want to read a passage to you. But before I do, this is what I want for you today. I want you to experience freedom. I want you to know who you are in Jesus. I want you to be so confident in who God has made you to be. I want you to be so confident in the righteousness of Jesus that has been imputed to you that you don't have to worry about what someone else might think. You don't have to worry about the judgment of man. I want to tell you today, you can walk in freedom. Today, you can walk at ease. You know, mold grows in dark places. But when light shines on the mold, you can breathe easy. And that's what we want to see today. Let's read this passage together. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there or you could just look on the screen with me. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. And it says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. 
Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's pray. Jesus, shine your light. Today, O God, Lord, we want the light of your face to shine on us. Lord, we know that we have you. We know that the grace of God is available to us. So I pray, Lord, for everyone that's watching this, wherever they might be, I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would pour out your grace on them, that they would experience your love right now, even as they're watching this. I pray, oh God, that the Holy Spirit, that you would go to them right now and that you would minister to each and every individual need. Lord, you know our hearts You know our challenges. You know our past. You know what happened this week and you know what's going to happen tomorrow. And Lord, because of that, I pray that you would specifically minister to every single person the way that they need you. God, we love you and we thank you that you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, this passage is so, so powerful because the first thing that it addresses is it says, for at one time you were darkness. You were darkness. That's past tense. But notice something. It doesn't just say that at one time you did dark deeds. It says at one time you were darkness. In other words, before Jesus steps into our life, we are dark. It's not something that we just do. It is a part of our identity because we are lost without Jesus. But once Jesus comes into the picture... Once he steps in, he changes everything. You know, I was actually uh, playing basketball with uh, some guys not too long ago, uh, some guys from the staff. And, uh, and so we were playing, and it was kind of a, a you know, lighthearted pickup game. And so as I was, I was playing, I was like, okay, hey, who's on my team? And, and so uh, somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on your team. And so I said, okay, great. So we started to play. And the first play of the game, I get the ball and I pass it to the person that told me that they were on my team. And when I passed it to that person, what they did is they ran to the other side of the court and they scored a goal on the opposing team. And I said, oh, and every, all my team, they looked at me and they're like, uh, Pastor David, you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, this is a basketball and what you do is you score on the other side and the other team scores on this side and you pass it to your own teammates. But I thought, well, because I'm playing with, you know, people that are honest, they would tell me the truth, but they weren't. They fooled me. You know what? It's hard to play a game when you're not sure what team you're on. It's hard to live the life that you've been called to when you're not sure whose team you're on. And I want to tell you something today. Sometimes, even those of us who have been in the church for a long time, some of, those, uh, some of us who have accepted Jesus and we've been walking with God, sometimes we forget who we are. And when you forget who you are, it is hard to play for the right team. Listen, you are light. The passage says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So here's what I want you to to say with me and remember, you are light, believe it. You are light, believe it. You have been saved, you've been rescued, you've been redeemed. 
You are light. You are no longer darkness. You are no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. You have been transferred into the kingdom of light, the Bible says. And what does that mean? Well, that means that your actions are going to change. Sometimes what we do is we flip that. We say, well, you know, if, if my actions are good, then I'm a good person. In fact, I talk to a lot of people like that, uh, you know, and you, you probably do too, and sometimes I even believe this. I say, well, if I do good things, then that means I'm a good person. And when I ask, when, whenever I hear someone say, well, I'm a good person, what they typically mean is I do more good things than I do bad things in my own estimation. But that's not how we judge our character and especially not how we judge our identity. You see, Jesus is the only one that can make someone good. We are all wicked on our own. And so Jesus steps into the picture and he says, I will make you righteous, but not because of the things that you do. I will make you righteous because I am righteous and I am going to give you my righteousness. So when we look at this text, it's important that we believe what Jesus says about us. I'm a firm believer of this. I'm a firm believer that the person you believe you are is the person that you will behave like. If you believe that you're weak, you will not challenge yourself. If you believe that you can't resist temptation, you will give in to temptation. If you believe that you are a failure, you will somehow believe yourself into failing. We have to believe what Jesus says about us. Don't believe your track record. We don't put faith in our track record. We put our faith in Jesus. Jesus says that we have been made righteous. And that means that our identity has changed. You are righteous because Jesus picked you and he says, I'm going to adopt you into my family. You're going to become mine and I'm going to give you my identity. So when God the Father looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees the Son. You've been made a child of God. And because you've been made a child of God, you can live righteously. You see, if I believe that I'm a child, I act like a child. I believe like a child. I don't have to convince my kids to be my kids. They believe it. When we are God's children, he shouldn't have to convince us. And that's why we have to read the word and we have to get it into our hearts and we have to meditate on it because the word of God will transform our thinking and we are then transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, when we look at this text, if you have any problem believing this, I want to show you something from John chapter 3, verse 17 through 21. Now listen, this is a, a, a powerful passage. Look at what Jesus said to Nicodemus in the Gospel of John. He says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Some people think that Jesus came to judge the world. They think that God, what he's here to do is he is here to judge. That's not the truth. Here's what it says. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, Jesus is coming someday to judge. But now's not that time. 
We are in a season of grace. There's going to be, the, the, the time is limited and I don't know what it is. But the time, there is a set time where Jesus is going to come back to judge. But that time is not now. The time that we live in right now is a season of grace. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. Who's the judgment for? The judgment is for people that have not believed according to this text. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I want to tell you today, if you believe in Jesus, you are not condemned. Our identity does not flow from our behavior. Our behavior flows from our identity. You are made righteous and transferred into the kingdom of light because of what you believe. And if you believe that Jesus died on the cross so that you could be set free, then my friend, you are free indeed. So, what do we do when we don't act like who we really are? Because if we're honest, sometimes we know who we are, but we don't always line up with what the Bible says about our identity in Christ. Sometimes if we're honest, we even go as far as to hide things that we've done wrong. We revert back to Adam and Eve in the garden where they were hiding in the bushes. Why? Because we don't recognize that the blood of Jesus has covered us. So what do we do? What do you do when your actions betray your identity? Well, the second part of this passage makes it really clear. You could see in verse 11 in Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5 verse 11, it says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. If something doesn't belong to you, what do you do? You say, hey, you know, this doesn't belong to me. Does anyone... Does this belong to someone else? When you sin, when you do something that's wrong, you should not look at that and say, you know what, this is a part of who I am. This is a part of my identity. You should say, no, you know what? I made a mistake. I stepped outside of my calling. I stepped outside of my identity, but that's not who I am. So I'm going to give that back to the darkness and I'm going to walk in the light. Instead, Expose them. That's our role. That's our job. Listen, if you do something wrong, expose it. God already sees it, but there's something powerful when we turn our hearts towards God and we say, God, not only do you see it, but I want you to know I see it and I'm not okay with it. And I want you to shine your light on me. So expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. 
For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Here's what I want you to understand. Exposure draws grace, not judgment. You see, why is it that we don't expose? That's what the Bible says to do. But why don't we do it? It's for fear of judgment. Sometimes we're afraid that God is going to judge us. We're afraid, oh, God will never forgive me and I should have known better. And we can kind of go down that lie track. But I think that maybe if we're honest with ourselves, even more often than that, we say, you know what? I don't know what someone else is going to think about me if I expose my sin to them. Sometimes we can even make God small and people big. And we can say, you know, God, I'll ask forgiveness for you, but nobody else needs to know about this. Because we're afraid of the judgment of man. But that's not how it's supposed to be. God put us in a family so that we could heal each other, so that we could help each other, so that we could love each other. Some of you are even, as you're watching this, there's there's things that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your attention. and, And the enemy doesn't want you to talk about those things because he's, given you the lie for a long time that if you expose that, that people are going to think less of you and they're going to, all, all these different things. I just want to tell you, light brings healing. There might even be physical sicknesses in your life right now that when you get free from all that stuff, things just start to fall off. The way that it goes is that when, when light is able to access all the compartments of our heart, you begin to be more free than you ever have before. So, here's what I want you to know. Exposure draws grace and not judgment. So, what, is it, what does it look like um, for us to hide? What does it look like when we're not exposing things? First thing is we distance ourselves. Some of you... You might say, well, yeah, it's COVID, but I want to encourage you. You know, COVID doesn't hinder you from making a call. You don't have to distance yourself. Just because we're not meeting in person, it doesn't mean that you've lost your family. God, he's right beside you, and your brothers and sisters, they're here for you. Sometimes it looks like selective exposure. Sometimes we'll... We'll tell them a little bit of the story, but maybe not the whole story because we just don't want to go there. Sometimes we'll, we'll sugarcoat things. We'll maybe even get defensive. We'll start making qualifications. Listen, if I was to take all of the pastors and line them up, I bet you that they would all agree with what I'm about to say. When I, when I do counseling, um, a lot of the times, I bet about a third of the counseling appointment is spent with people telling me that they're not as bad as their behavior. They qualify things. They want to make sure that they know that, uh, that they're, that they're a, a, a good person and that they, they didn't mean to. And, and, you know, this is way outside of their character. And, and, and you know what? Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not casting judgment. I've done the same thing because we associate light with shame. But what we should do is we should associate light with healing. Light, exposure, it brings healing. It shouldn't bring shame. 
I want to show you something. There's what I found is that there's there's like these three different um, images that I like to, to use to think about how we think about ourselves. Here's what I mean by that. So I'm going to draw for you. This is going to be a stick figure. So don't wait for anything impressive. Okay. We've got a person here. And let's just say that this person is our normal self. This is the person that Jesus died for. This is a son and a daughter. But this is the person that we want everyone else to see. We want to be flawless. We want to be bigger than life. You know, this is like, this is like who you are on, on Instagram, right? This is like the person that you try to portray to other people. This is the person that, that you're constantly trying to convince everyone that you are, right? And, and then there's, there's one more. There's this person. This person is on the floor struggling. This person is the one that the enemy lies to us and he says, this is who you really are. You're rejected. You're a failure. You, you're weak. You don't have what it takes. But the reality is, is that the only person that God does business with is this one. When you, when you come to God and you're, you're like, oh God, I'm so terrible, I'm so miserable. I'm, you know what? That, God is listening to you, but that's not the person that God sees you as. That's not the person that God is actually interacting with. He's interacting with this person. And you know what's ironic is that the people around you, they don't typically see this person. They see this one. They don't see this person and they definitely don't see you like this person. But because of the enemy, he tries to get into our head and he says, if anybody knows who you really are, this is what they're going to see. And so we inflate who we're supposed to be and we're not honest with ourselves and we're not honest with our family. We're not honest with our brothers and sisters about who we really are and what's really going on in our life. About how maybe we're struggling or about how there's things that need to change and need to be adjusted. But listen, this is where the grace flows. This is the place where your friends and your family are able to have a legitimate conversation with you. You know, I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've had conversations with people and the only person that they wanted me to hear from was this person. And when I'm having this conversation, it's short. Because we're not really talking about what's really going on. I want to talk with this person. I want to talk with the real person because after all, that's where we really are. That's, that's who God has made us to be. We're redeemed. We're not fake. I want to tell you today, you might say, well, why is it that we are having such a hard time acknowledging who we really are and what's really going on in our life? It's because the enemy has lied and he's told us that when we expose ourselves, it's going to bring judgment. But look at what the passage says. It says 
Instead, expose them. And then jumping down to verse 14, it says, For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I'm going to ask the band to come. I want you to know, Jesus wants to shine on you. He, he wants the, the favor of his face to be shining down on your life. That's his desire. But in order for that to happen, we have to expose ourselves to such an extent where we say, I'm coming up from the dead. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to listen to the way that the enemy wants to define me. I'm going to listen to what the word of God says. I'm going to open up my life and I'm going to live free. I don't want anyone to walk away from this service feeling bound or chained or unfree because God wants to deliver you. He is the chain breaker. That's his heart. That's what he wants to do. You know, here's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Is that it says this. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Maybe you've hurt somebody. Maybe you've sinned against someone and you're afraid to go and talk to them about it. Maybe, maybe you've done something that you know is not right at work or maybe it doesn't matter, whatever it is. Maybe you snapped at your spouse, whatever. Maybe there's something that you look at in your life and you're like, man, I know this is not right. Listen, I want to tell you something. When you expose yourself, you invite the grace of God, not the judgment of God. Someone once said that when you resist God's love, when you hide your sin, that's when God's love manifests as discipline. It never changes from being love, but it changes because he says, I love you so much that I won't leave you where you're at. I love you so much that I won't allow the issues that are in your heart and in your life to, to, to drag you down because I love you. You know, I, uh, I had a, um, uh, my son, uh, during this, this whole thing, he, uh, he was on a tire swing and, and, uh, that, that I had just put up, made me feel like a really great dad, and he jumped off and he broke his arm. I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? He broke his arm, and so we rushed him to the hospital. My wife and I are freaking out. My wife does not handle these things well, and, and she, to be honest with you, I was basically having to make sure that my wife was okay more than my son was okay because she was freaking out. And so uh, uh, it was, looking back, it was a really comical experience. We get in the car, and we turn on cartoons for him on the phone. And no lie, my son is there. He's just looking at cartoons, not crying, just looking at cartoons. And his arm is busted up. And my wife turns around and we're driving. And she's like, in tears, it's, it's going to be okay. And I was like, Susie, pull it together. He's fine. He's just, he's chill. So I'm like speeding and my, and my son's like, uh, Dad, why are you going so fast? We're freaking out. Meanwhile, he's cool as a cucumber. So a little while longer, and a couple days later, he's got his cast on. And like most kids, 
he grabs a piece of wood and he gets a splinter real deep. And so he comes in. You would have thought that he, he had just had, you know, something cut off. He came to me and he had a splinter and he was screaming bloody murder. And we all know splinters are no joke, right? And so it's my job to take out the splinters um, for, you know, reasons that I just stated. Um, and so I took, this, I took the tweezers and I started to pull at it. And every time I did, he'd pull it back and he'd just scream. I said, pull the scream. And so I looked at him, I said, hey, Elliot. I said, you're strong. I said, Elliot, I want you to say, I have a courageous heart. He said, I have a courageous heart. I said, no. I want you to say, I have a courageous heart and say it like a lion. And he says, I have a courageous heart. I said, no, no, say it like a lion that's hungry. And then he said, I have a courageous heart. And I said, that's right. I said, you're tough. You have a broken arm and you're worried about a little splinter. I said, don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. You're tough. You can handle this. And then he handed me his hand and I pulled the splinter out and everything was fine. You know what? God wants you to know you have a courageous heart. You don't have to be afraid of the pain of exposure. Yeah, sometimes it hurts. Yeah, sometimes it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, sometimes it might feel a little bit awkward and, and you might say, well, what are people gonna think about me? You know what? It, it, it really, what's more important is what God thinks about you. What's more important is freedom rather than just what I present to people. God wants you to be free. Listen, this is what we need to do. James 5, 16 says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can I tell you something? This is not something for the new believer. This is for every believer. Confession is a tool that God has given to us to allow our hearts to walk in freedom and confidence. And know this, you have a courageous heart. I don't care what it is that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your attention. There's nothing better than freedom in Jesus. And I want you to experience that today. I'm gonna ask the singers to come. We're gonna spend a little bit of time worshiping here, but I want you to know this. Today, you can walk in freedom. And this is a habit. This is a habit that we have to form over time. This is not a one-time thing. And listen, it's not about, oh, well, you know, I confess to God and now I don't need to talk to anybody else. No, we need each other. If you're going through something, you need someone that's been through it before. You need to be able to open up your heart and let someone pray for you. Someone can pray for you and they can pray bondage off of your life. Someone can pray for you and they can pray condemnation and fear off of your life. You don't have to live there anymore. Jesus wants you to be free. This is what I want you to do. Wherever you're at, everybody, I want you to stand. If you're sitting down, you're on your couch, you're on your bed, just get up. This is a holy moment. If, if there's anything distracting, I just want you to just turn it off, just lock in just for a couple moments. God wants to touch you. He wants to heal you right now.
Let's pray, Jesus. I just pray for every single person on the other side. I pray, oh God, pour out your grace. May grace be poured out in every bedroom. May grace be poured out in kitchens and in living rooms. I pray that the grace of God would be extended. Lord, you said that when your light shines on us, oh God, Lord, it's like the favor of your face is shining on us, oh God. And when we expose ourselves to you, oh God, Lord, you bring grace, you bring mercy, you bring kindness. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of the process to get out of a mess maybe that we've created. I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of the, the, the repercussions, but Lord, that we would keep our eyes fixed on the prize, that we would look forward to heaven and to realize, Lord, that you have freedom on the other side of confession. So God, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Now listen, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna sing here. And I don't know if you're with someone right now. Maybe you're with family. I don't want you to have to say everything out loud, but I want you to do business with God right now. Even as we worship, we're going to sing and we're going to praise God. And I want you to just get real with God and just expose yourself to Him first. The family is next, but just expose yourself to Him first because God wants to bring you forgiveness. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to bring restoration. So come on, can we worship together? Can we have an honest moment with Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gone, gone. Now my sin is dead and gone, and I sing hallelujah. Dead, dead. He is risen, it is done, and I sing hallelujah. hallelujah. God, God, now my sin is dead and gone, and I sing hallelujah. Dead, dead. I sing hallelujah. God, God, now my sin is dead and gone, and I sing hallelujah. Dead, dead, he is risen, it is done, and I sing walk in freedom. Some of you need to make a phone call after this. Some of you need to, you need to, to, to just get honest and just get open and have a good conversation with someone. You need to pray for your brothers and sisters. You need to extend grace and mercy today. That's what today is all about. Grace and mercy and freedom. So Jesus, right now, we pray for new levels of freedom. We pray, oh God, Lord, that we th this would be a habit, that exposure would be something that we love because we are light. And because we are light, we walk as children of light. So Jesus, we walk in new freedom. We walk in new resurrection. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.